Welcome back to the Simple Farmhouse Life podcast. I'm excited to announce that I actually have several guests lined up for the next couple of weeks. And we have so many things that I'm excited to talk about. Up today is Sarah from the blog, YouTube channel, and Instagram, Grace in My Space. We are going to be chatting about thrifty decor, how to transform your home, make your home beautiful on a small budget. This is something that I find that so many of us are interested in because one, we have decision fatigue. Sometimes we want to kind of flow between styles. And when you invest really huge in something, it almost feels like you can't change. Also, we just have limited budgets with most of us, with a lot of us having small kids and families. And Sarah really has a knack for transforming a space without spending a ton of money. And so I'm excited to have her on. Now I want to apologize quickly. I came down with a cough yesterday and a cold, but since this is virtual, I don't need to cancel this. But that does mean that there might be a few coughs and I'm really hoping that it's not a lot. I was sucking on something earlier to kind of hopefully make it to where I can at least last through this interview. So I apologize that I sound a little stuffy and hopefully I get over this really quickly because I have some interviews to do this week and I really want to get them done. All right, well, without further ado, let's join Sarah from Grace in My Space. My name is Lisa, mom of six and creator of the blog and YouTube channel, Farmhouse on Boone. Join me as I share with you my love for creating a handmade home from scratch cooking and a little mom and entrepreneur life along the way. Well, thank you so much for coming on here with me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Do you have any big like blog projects planned for the day later on? Oh, yeah. I am. Um finishing up a cabinet that I just spent two weeks refinishing. Okay. Going live on the blog and it was a doozy. <laughs> oh my goodness. So did it turn out nicely though? It did after about five mistakes. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. It was one I, of those that was like, I kept trying different things that I thought would fix it, but it only made it worse. So uh -huh. after a while though, we got it done. So have you ever on your blog done a project that you spent a ton of time on, but then it just did not work out? Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. Me too. And usually <laughs> what ends up happening is I'll still share it, but it'll be like a what not to do situation. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Try and help people avoid the mistakes that I've made. What's the point of being a blogger? Yeah, right? You know, I mean, kind of that's the, helpful what you're, too. That's like what they're not paying you for, but visiting you for. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. All right. So tell us then a little bit about your blog and your Instagram is where you are. Well, not mostly you're, you're on your blog and your Instagram mostly. And recently really are diving into YouTube as well. Yeah. So graceinmyspace.com is the blog and then, like you said, I've grown my Instagram community to be one of my largest platforms. Um, but the blog and my brand is just all about, it's mainly focused on home and DIY. But then the emphasis is really on creating a home with grace. That's where the grace comes in. It's not my name, even though everybody thinks it is. Oh, I would have never <laughs> even thought that. <laughs> everybody calls me grace. I just started answering to it. But then every That's now and funny. then... 
I'll just like hold my coffee cup up. Yeah. Hey. My name's not great. But yeah, just focusing on having a goal of homemaking that like serves a purpose and it meets a goal and it's not just about decorating, but then not having the emphasis on it has to be perfect along the way. Like there is so much in the journey that I think is really worthwhile. And so that's kind of how I focus on things. And if it's not, then it's too much time to be like, if there's not like joy in all of the journey and any meaning in all of the journey, then it takes too long to be intentional with your decorating and all of the projects and stripping down a cabinet or whatever you just did today. (laughs) Absolutely. And really, I mean, if, if you're just struggling and like, you're just striving your whole life towards this unachievable goal, then what's the point of that? Right. So I just like to make sure that people see the ups and downs and that they understand that that's just a part of the learning process. And that's how you develop new skills. And I mean, everything I've learned has been through trial and error and lots of research and hard work. It's not something that comes naturally. And I like people, I like to encourage people to, um, just take that first step. Cause I think sometimes that's the hardest thing for people is just to try, you know? Yeah. Oh, it is. It is. You can overthink things a lot instead of just mm-hmm. diving in and seeing what happens. So you guys are making over a, what is it? I'm like a eighties, nineties house. Nineties house. Nineties house. Uh, yep. how many years ago now have you been working on it? We've been here for three and a half years. And when we bought it, it was stuck in the 90s. I mean, there wasn't anything that was, it wasn't a fixer upper, like it was moving ready. It was just none of it was my style. Right. Um, And the biggest thing that was, I think, the thing that we almost didn't buy the house for was because there was a sunken indoor hot tub inside (laughs) the house. And I think that that um, actually is why it stayed on the market for so long. It was on the market for well over a year before we bought it. Um, Because I think people just couldn't see past that challenge of like, here's the kitchen, here's the living room. And in the middle, there was an indoor hot tub. (laughs) Yeah, that's a pretty niche interest. (laughs) Yes, it is. So we took that out. We took down a wall. We... um, created a dining room out of that space because there really wasn't a dining space before and then since then we've just been updating it room by room project by project for three and a half years because you're doing this mostly all yourself and on a budget which is why I wanted to bring you on to talk about thrifty decor everybody in my audience loves it anytime that we talk about that because so many people they want a beautiful home but obviously it's really, really easy to create a beautiful home if you have an endless budget, Yep. but it takes a lot of work and creativity to create a beautiful home when you don't have an endless budget, which is where pretty much everybody is with exceptions. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, I thought we would just dive in and talk about some of that, some ideas that you have, you know, I have some ideas to discuss but if you think of more things that you're like oh I did this and this was such a high impact thing for a low Mm -hmm. price we'll talk about that too so first of all how would you describe the style of your home that you're kind of 
going for? Or maybe it's a mix of things too. My, um, I think that my style really took and modern farmhouse exploded with Joanna Gaines. And um, since then it's evolved to be a little bit more organic, a little like touches of rustic and a little bit more on the modern side where I, I like to incorporate like mid-century modern furnishings, but then have a lot of like really organic feeling things like pottery and heavy on the wood, all those kinds of elements that kind of warm it up a little bit because I mm -hmm. definitely am not like a modern contemporary person, but I'm really also not like a cabinish rustic person. So I kind of like to meet somewhere in the middle. Yeah, a cozy space, but yeah, it's kind of a mix of things. Did that come together over time? Like, I don't know about you, but I have so many things that I bought along the way that I incorporated. And then as I defined my style, they had to go because, you know, it just kind of evolves. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that I just did on YouTube was talking about like how to figure out your decorating style and then how to implement it. And I've definitely found that one of the biggest help points is to edit first. So like you just said, like you, maybe you've struggled along the way to figure out what you like. So you just kind of piece in things here and there. And then once you figure it out and once you're like, okay, so this is what I'm going for. The biggest step that people miss is going back through their house and taking out those pieces that mm -hmm. are not their style. And they just were, they were trying, but it didn't work. And so definitely along the way, like my style, I feel like it evolves every single year. Yeah, same. <laughs> and so it's just one of those things that it's, it's fun to do. And it's not, it's not like my entire house turns over with new decor every year, but you know, adding in pieces here and there, taking out pieces that don't fit anymore. It's all just a part of that journey that we were talking about earlier. Yeah. And if you're thrifty along the way, there's not this, if you go all in on something and you also go, go all in with your budget, it's a lot harder to make those pivots because mm -hmm. you're thinking, okay, that was a lot of money. I can't just switch it. <laughs> right. Whereas if you buy, you know, like a flea market side table for $3 and it doesn't fit yeah. your, your style anymore, that's not so hard to let go of. Right. Exactly. That's my favorite thing about thrifty decor is just not being married to this one particular style because I just spent so much money. Let's talk a bit about art. I have been adding art into my home. I feel like there's sort of been a shift with everyone where for a while it was minimal everything. And then now people are kind of, you know, filling things in here and there, mm -hmm. you know, how we shift. Yep. So I've really become interested in adding a lot of art to my home, but that can also be really expensive. It can look cluttered if you don't really know what you're doing. And I saw that you have quite a few different like inexpensive DIY art type of ideas on your blog. So for example, I recently watched your YouTube video where I forget if you had gone on an antique hall or whatever, but you were trying to find some art and you couldn't find any prints you like. And then you found a book of prints yeah. and it actually got my wheels turning because I was at a thrift shop a few days ago and I saw a book full of really nice like they would all be great prints. Mm -hmm. So yeah, talk a little bit about that project. 
Yeah, I was at a flea market and all of the art that I was finding that I liked was like $300 for one yeah. piece. And I was just like, no. So instead, I actually stumbled across this book of art. It's a vintage book, it might even be. Nah, I was going to say it might be an antique, but it's just vintage. Yeah. And, um, but all the drawings would be considered antique if they were originals. And so I started browsing through it and they were all a really similar style, like a lot of sketches. They felt kind of like charcoals. Um, and then they were all either black and white or sapia. So they had like this overarching feel to them that was really similar and I thought, wow, this could be a really cool gallery wall if I just cut up the pages and take out the ones that I actually like, which is sacrilege to so many people who are uh, like, why? Are you oh, I was going to say, I bet, like, I know how YouTube works by now because I've been on long enough. I can just hear the comments as I'm doing things sometimes. Yeah. Like, because I don't, I mean, it's not, it's a book of prints. It's not like these are originals. People get really right. worried. I cut a quilt in half one time. That way I can have it on two of the boys' beds. Uh-huh. You would but think that. that... <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm like, guys, I paid the price for the quilt. So the person who, you know, was selling it got what they wanted. Yep. <laughs> you know? Yep. It's so true. And really... I know, like, if this was, like, if I had, I researched the book, like, if it was some priceless heirloom, I wouldn't have cut it up, but, you know, for, I paid $25 for it, I got 20 prints out of it in the end, after I took out the ones that I loved, and then I just popped them on the wall with masking tape so that it was easy to move them around, I wasn't mm -hmm. adding 20 nail holes, and I also wasn't paying for 20 frames, because that would not right. have been budget friendly, yeah, that would add so... Yeah. Right. So it's a really easy way to create like this big statement with smaller pieces of art in a collection. Yeah. And it'd be difficult, but you could also over time collect like thrift store frames and then paint them all the mm -hmm. same color. Then you got to get mats because yeah. I find that a lot of times framed art just looks significantly better if it has like a nice mat on yeah. it. it. But over really time, yeah, you could even shift it do that but that sounds like a really easy way to have created a nice gallery wall yeah um, it took no time at all it was really easy yeah yeah we watched it in real time as you were kind of adjusting and mm -hmm. rearranging which is how it always goes sometimes I oh, have yeah, an idea for, for sure. how exactly something's gonna look and then I'm as it gets up there I'm like okay we're gonna have to shift a little bit Mm -hmm. So I also saw you had done a textile art tutorial mm -hmm. and a texture art that seemed to be really inexpensive as well. Oh yeah, for sure. The textile art um, I created out of like a table runner and some scrap linen that I had. I built the frame out of scrap wood that I had in the basement from other projects and then I just used my Cricut and I cut out like a flower silhouette on the linen and placed it on a darker backdrop so that you could see the images. Um, and it was really easy and it's, it was a project that I did intentionally so that I could take off the flower portion when it wasn't like summer, spring anymore and maybe pop on like a leaf or something for fall or pop on Christmas trees 
that are cut out in silhouette for Christmas. Um, I haven't done that yet, but I could. And yeah, so could. it's a really easy way to repurpose the existing thing that I built from nothing. And then I, I get seasonal artwork out of it. Right. Yeah. That's a great idea. It was fun. And then yeah. for the texture art, it was free. I just used all my leftover materials. I had an old sign that was already like, you know, do you remember the farmhouse movement was very heavy on worded signs? Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> like Hobby Lobby. That's all they sold for like four years. And they still kind of do, which I'm surprised. I'm like, I don't really know. Yeah. They do. So I had lots of those signs in the basement yeah. and I just, I used joint compound on an existing sign that I no longer liked. I was going to sell it. And then I was like, well, it's already framed. It's the size I need. So I'll just add some joint compound to it to create that heavy texture that felt a little bit more organic and modern like their style is right now. And then I just painted it half and half, which is so easy. Like I'm not a painter. I have no artistic skills, but I can slap some joint compound on an existing sign and then paint it two colors and it looks like textured art <laughs> yeah that'd be about the extent of the painting that I could do at this point uh -huh. <laughs> I've watched some people's tutorials and I'm like I think eventually maybe I could but I don't know if I'll ever sit down long enough to figure it out I know it's a skill for sure yeah but that seems like a nice idea and then you also I'm pretty sure you have that as a blog post so I'll link all the tutorials down in the description box or the show notes okay so do you have any other thrifty art ideas? So some of the things that I was kind of thinking, brainstorming about was like baskets on the wall, prints from Etsy, um, you know, cheap frames, which I, in my kid's room, I bought a bunch of mismatched frames and then unified them with like a brass spray paint. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Do you have any other notable, you have art behind you right now. What is that? Is that That's actually paper? wallpaper. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. But you framed it in with the picture molding or yes. the, yeah. Yep. So I've done a lot of like printing art, like Etsy art, uh -huh. super cheap to buy dollars and you get them printed. I just did a big one that was a bit oversized and used it with, um, a magnetic picture hanger so that it's not a full okay. frame. It's like a poster hanger on top and bottom. And that took like five minutes. Super easy. Anybody can do that. It's really a pretty, it's not, that one I feel like was not the most affordable because to print large scale art can be expensive if you want it to be colored um, versus like doing a black and white at Staples. Right. Um, but my favorite way to upcycle art is actually just to look for like the ugliest thing I can find at a thrift sale. <laughs> and then completely change it. Like um, a couple years ago, I did, I found this old canvas that at some time was in style, but in the last 20 years has drastically gone out of yeah, style. Yeah. It's I've really, found before. really ugly, yeah. <laughs> but it was huge. It was like right. four by five feet. And it was at um, our local flea market. I picked it up for five dollars which you can't even buy a canvas for that size for anywhere close to five dollars no. so i just painted it i painted over the entire thing and uh, well first it was like a it was like a fall scene 
first I added a dark stain and made everything darker and it completely changed the look of it and I kept it that way for a little while but then I just totally painted over it with white paint and then I add a little texture and I did like pencil sketches of Christmas trees and I had Christmas tree art from leftover materials. Yeah. I just think it like that I that is what I think is the biggest tip would be look for something that is the size that you want that has a sturdy frame like the construction is solid and you can just start from scratch on and it's really easy even if you're not an artist to just do some of those really simple techniques that they'll end up looking pretty good in the, in the long run. Right. I mean, I was at the, we actually went to an art museum just a couple of days ago. And when you're in the modern art section, I'm like, oh, I could do this. Yeah. <laughs> Not the old stuff, but the modern art section. Oh yeah. I mean, I can't even tell you how many people I've watched on Instagram who just like doodle and they're done. And I mean, it does look like modern art and there's nothing that is, um, hard about it but it's yeah. just thinking outside the box to repurpose something that's existing right just using some creativity and once you really start looking with eyes for a certain something like okay I'm gonna figure out art you do start to notice things in people's homes that you like you start to notice things out and about you will get there being able to think of ideas like you're thinking people are probably like well, I'm not that creative I don't think of ideas like that but you've probably had your mind kind of shifted with the blog at least like for yes. ways that you can do things and so you're constantly thinking about it mm -hmm. absolutely I mean with anything really with any skill you have to work at it to develop it so when people tell me well I'm just not that creative my response is you could be but you just have to invest the time and the mm -hmm. effort into yeah. developing and honing in on that skill because it's it is not something I think that comes naturally for everyone. Of course, there are some people that yeah, there are some. It is their natural the gift. Part. Yeah, <laughs> but other people like you just gotta work at it. Yeah, definitely. I definitely fall into that category. So, what about collections? I feel like I forget if I think it was you on your YouTube channel. Somebody was talking about like a really high impact way to de decorate a certain space. Maybe it was Andrea actually. Yeah, I don't think that was me. I think it was Andrea from Pine and Prospect Home, mm -hmm. but was just like displaying collections. So you collect something that could look just really random at a thrift shop, like, okay, there's this here, this here. When they all come together and you've curated a collection and then display that, it has this high impact, higher end, not thrift shop look to it. Mm -hmm. Do you have anything like that? Are you a collector of any kind? Yeah, I know I you got that. What was it that you bought in uh, Michigan? I forget. On one oh, of my order and pistol. Yes. Yes. I started collecting antique mortar and pestles maybe two years ago when I stumbled across this massive one. And they're made of marble and they're beautiful. And I'd never seen one that size before. And, but that's like one of those things, like what you were just saying, um, like how to look for something. Once I'd seen the first one and I was yep. so impacted by it, then my eye is like immediately drawn to finding those kinds of things uh -huh. when I'm out and about at thrift yep. sales. And I, like, I can spot one from across the room and I just run. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> but yeah, I do collect antique mortar and pestles. Not that I actually use them for 
cooking or anything. Um, you just have them displayed on like a certain shelf together. Yep. Yep. And I do ironstone. I collect pottery and I collect um, wood bowls. I'd say that those are my main collections. And like you said, piecing them out here and there is pretty, but it's when you put them all together mm-hmm. that it makes that like really intentional statement that you- Yeah, and it almost can be with collection. anything, like mortar and pestle, that's so random. But whenever yeah. it's all together, it actually looks really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? I love I think, wood bowls. I think that they're uh-huh. so pretty. They add so much charm and like character to a home. So I usually either just like stack them. I have so many. <laughs> I need to stop buying them. But I either stack them or like one year I um I thought I wanted to display them individually because they each have so much like history and story behind them and there's no way to see them all when they're in a stack. So instead, I put them on a wall, kind of like a gallery wall, and I hung them very jerry-rigged and precariously with command strips <laughs> and just created like this cascading wood bowl thing. And it turned out really pretty. What are some other things that you always look for? Like when you're at the thrift shop, you were talking about mortar and pestle, we're talking about art. Is there anything else that your eye just like gravitates toward? Yeah. I always look for pottery just because it's what I collect, but beyond my collections, I usually look for like big pieces of furniture that I could flip or repurpose because they're so much more affordable than buying new. Um, I usually look for really simple things like stools that I could maybe make into a plant stand instead of as a stool. Um, Things that have solid construction or the shape that I want. And I know that I can either change the color or I can change the texture on it. Like, like lamps or, or vases are a good example. If the color's ugly, you can change the color, but you can't change the shape necessarily. So I'm usually looking for something with like an intent in mind instead of just haphazardly looking around. Like I'm at home before I go, I say, I have this need, I have to solve this problem. And so I have something that I'm actually intentionally looking for. And that helps when I'm going in to say, okay, that lamp is really ugly, but I can make it look pretty and it's the shape that I need. So I'll get the lamp. And and that way it's just a little bit more um, goal oriented. Uh And of course, you know, there's times when I have no goals either. And it's just like, oh, that's a great find. And I can do something with that. But I think for people who are newer to thrifting, that usually will be helpful to say, this is the problem I have. This is what I need to solve it. Let me go find that. So do you keep a list going like in your phone? Because I find it really interesting just how differently I see. I think that I'm going to pick out the things that I like in an antique shop with no intention. I'm just going to be able to find the things that I like. But if I'm thinking about something particular, like I have a certain room in my mind that I need certain pieces for, I see it all different. I could have walked in that store the day before and not seen the thing at all. And mm-hmm. so I feel like I do have to have that list and that goal in order to even see what it is that I need. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's actually like yourself up for success, really, because a lot of times people kind of are like in their home and they're 
discontent with something, but they're not sure what it is yet. Mm -hmm. And so it, it, if you stop, and there's just so much intentionality that goes into it, if you stop and you're like, okay, what's bothering me about this room? Is it the wall color? Or is it that I actually need this to solve this problem? And then, like you said, keeping lists, popping things in for to keep your eye out for, it just is so much more successful that way when you're looking for thrifted decor because it's so hit or miss that you have to have that intentionality already in place in order for you to find what you're looking for and also yeah. just going frequently i mean you've got to go frequently to your favorite yeah, you thrift stores because it turns over so fast yeah you better find it fun because it is a big time investment it is it really is yeah but i can even walk through and just see completely differently based on like okay now i need a little bench for the end of this chair you know mm -hmm. and then now i'm like oh i didn't see that bench yesterday because it wasn't interesting to me and now yes. I see it. Absolutely. So yeah, if you find yourself struggling, you never know what to buy. Think about that specific, like you said, this certain height lamp. I need it for this chair. Yep. And then you go and then amazingly, because you're looking for that, you find it. Yep. So what are some of your best thrift shop finds ever? Do you have any like, this was such a great deal? Oh my gosh. So many. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Any like that stand out. <laughs> I know. I'm one of those people that's like, do you know what I paid for this? Like a dollar. Right. <laughs> that's like instantly my favorite thrift store find. Um, but I think that probably my favorites would be larger pieces of furniture, like my living room coffee table was an awesome find that that I was able to refinish. Um lots of those like larger furniture pieces, like this cabinet that I'm doing for my kitchen right now it wasn't a thrift store find it was a facebook marketplace find but same thing right you know right. you're repurposing yeah. somebody else's stuff and it's usually more affordable than buying brand new um so i'm gonna i'm gonna get out from under this cabinet for yeah. <laughs> two hundred dollars wow nice and it, i mean in if you were to buy brand new it would have been thousands if you buy from an antique store it would have been probably at least a thousand you know uh -huh. so it's just um those bigger pieces I think are what I'm usually yep, most excited about yeah yes I feel the same way I have a few that kind of stick out but they're always the bigger ones because I have lots of little knickknacks here and there that I found that were like oh that was perfect but yep. it's the high impact pieces that you really that your home comes together and you look around and you think, Oh, remember that and that and that it's just been yeah. years of like finding things here and there. Yeah. Isn't that so fun? Like the memories tied to it too, like the hunt. That's uh -huh. fun. Yeah. Hunting I can remember food. like where everything came yeah. from pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So do you have, we'll, we'll close on this talking about this for a while. Okay. Any high impact, low budget design ideas? So, mm -hmm. I mean, I guess we've been talking about that in general, but like if somebody just wants to really make a big difference in their home, but they haven't, you know, they're overwhelmed. What are some of these, like, this will make a big difference? I think that my, well, this. As I was say, to, behind you, that looks like yeah. something that probably I don't know. Is it just like one by, what is it? It's just a really simple wainscoting. So the, the frame itself, it's directly on drywall. 
there's no panel underneath so you're not spending money on that and then it's just one by threes and some um what's it called the molding cove molding so just oh. one by threes and cove molding to create like the okay. curved on the inside yes yes um, i've done that exact here. thing around trim cove molding plus yes one by threes yeah yep. and it's just i mean wall molding i think is for sure the biggest impact lowest cost that you can do except i mean lumber prices are coming down now <laughs> yeah there was still moment. yeah there was with expensive like, lumber that's not a ton of lumber that you put in no there. it's not a ton of lumber and, and i've done you... so many different designs like i've done this full wall wainscoting i've done vertical shiplap vertical board and batten regular board and batten horizontal shiplap like tongue and groove random yeah molding that I just created my own pattern out of like you can do so much with it and it feels more custom and it feel it gives more character and it's just less builder grade right yeah and then you did a bold color yes and you so paint obviously paints very high impact but yeah you have this whole wall that is a statement piece and probably no part of it was very expensive or really even very complicated as far as like needing a carpenter to do it. Oh no. Yeah. I did that all myself. It was, it's time consuming, yes. but not yes. hard, you right. know, which yeah. is just something that I think that people need to be okay with just knowing uh -huh. that it might take you longer to accomplish it than what you want, but it's totally doable. Right. Yeah, it might, it might be something that you're just working on an hour, you know, here, an hour there, and then, yep. yeah, but it doesn't cost a ton. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So paint, I, I uh, wrote down open shelving because I like open shelving because it does create a high impact because you can take a really boring wall, put up a shelf, and then you can start collecting things on yep. it. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I've built several different kinds of open shelving DIY versions um, that are really easy. Like some as easy as literally going and buying a two by 12 and cutting it in half, <laughs> like, and then uh -huh. popping it on the wall with a bracket. You don't have to have a lot of carpentry skills to do open shelving. I've also done more complicated options, but you can also, I mean, places like Target and Hobby Lobby, like they have open shelving that's pretty affordable yeah, as it is if you have no carpentry skills at all um you can even just do like picture frame ledges and and add your artwork that way and that way you're not like nailing it on the wall like open shelving is a great way to display things and help it feel more homey yeah and it's pretty high impact for a low time budget or you know time and money budget yeah. That's why I also have like peg racks here and there and hooks and just places where you can put stuff and swap things out and mm -hmm. make your home easy to swap out seasonal decor, which, you know, we're all thinking about fall right now. I watched you mm -hmm. do a cozy like fall without the pumpkins because we can't get pumpkins yet. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah, I yeah. love that. Peg racks that too are really easy to make. I've made all of my peg racks oh, okay. for my bedroom and they're huh. so easy and cheaper to do it that way than to buy them. 
Right. Yeah. Especially if you're doing it like all the way around a room, which I really yeah. like that look. Yeah. All right. Well, I hope that you enjoyed that and got some great ideas for transforming your space. I accidentally hit the record button toward the end there and stopped the recording just short of us finishing. And I was afraid with Zoom that if I tried to start recording it again, it wouldn't save the other one. So I don't really know, but I didn't want to risk it. And we were about to be done wrapping up anyways. Make sure though, to go check out my friend Sarah's YouTube channel. She has an up and coming YouTube channel that she is building and growing. And she has such great tips. And I really love the practical way that she shares. She's very down to earth. I was just sitting in bed the other day, just flipping through watching all of her videos. And so I encourage you to do the same. You can find her on YouTube by searching Grace in My Space, Instagram, Grace in My Space, and then graceinmyspace.com. All right, well, thank you so much for watching or listening to this episode of the Simple Farmhouse Life podcast, and I will see you in the next one. Thank you.